Two peas, Two and, peas a and a bong. Two peas and a bong. Two peas, Two and, peas a bong. and a bong. Two peas and a bong. y'all two peas in a bong in the building again it's your boy dp it's your boy kp and ubong also known as bong all right man so today is august 23rd which is the birthday of the late great kobe bryant so it's only right that uh you know we got basketball and stuff going on and we've been talking about that so uh we take this opportunity to go ahead and and just kind of you know pay tribute to him and reflect on his legacy you know, and just everything that he brought to the game and just, uh, you know, even outside of the game in general. So I know um, the two of you guys are Laker fans. So this is uh, right up y'all's alley. Um, I, you know, admittedly am not a Laker fan. I think uh, the folks who actually follow us and and listen would know that I am a Clippers fan. Uh, But, you know, that does not make me blind. So I do know even in arguments, I would I would have to give Kobe his respect. I would always say, you know, my number one was Jordan, but I would always have to give Kobe his respect. And Kevin, we've had arguments about who's number one. I've had several with several people about who's number one. A lot of the LA fans, a lot of the Laker fans have Kobe as their number one greatest of all time. So let me take a step back as a Clipper fan and just kind of, you know, turn it over to y'all fellas and let y'all reflect on y'all favorite moments and, and stuff like that. All right. So uh, I'm not, let me start by saying this. I'm not a newly LeBron come to LA Laker fan. I've been a Laker fan since the eighties. Um, I've known DP and Ubong since the, the mid nineties high school. And uh, I was a Laker fan then and still a Laker fan. So uh, yeah, I'm not one of them bandwagon Laker fans. We've been rocking with LA for a long time. And uh, yeah, I remember, man, when when Kobe came to the Lakers, man, um, at first, man, I didn't think that he was going to be a star in the way that he ended up blowing up. I, you know, I really didn't. Um, I was a fan, but, you know, I just didn't foresee him blowing up to to who he became and leaving a a, a long lasting legacy that he's left on the game. You know, I remember the uh, the Utah Jazz game, the playoffs. Where uh, you know, first he shot the air ball at the end of regulation, then he shot two more air balls in overtime. And I remember being hot. And this is how long this is how old the game was and how long ago this was, because I remember Byron <laughs> Scott was still on the team. <laughs> and Byron Scott hit like a couple clutch jumpers right before. And then Robert Ori was seven for seven that game from three. So I thought the ball was going to one of them. So when Kobe got it and shot it, I was like, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> and I remember just being outraged and disgusted, like, this nigga airballed. Then it went over time. This nigga airballed again. Like, out. So <laughs> I was sick, but 
you know, man, Kobe came back better the next year, was an all-star. Even though he was a sixth man, he was voted into the all-star game. And, man, one of the, the, the best battles that I watched, man, that I can remember is the battle between him and Tracy McGrady. It was a it was a game. It was uh the Orlando Magic were playing the Los Angeles Lakers and T Mac was killing Kobe in the first half. Like killing him. And uh Orlando was was they were beating the Lakers in Staples Center. And you know, in the second half, T Mac started to miss shots and you could just see Kobe. He just kept coming. And you know, the the game ended up going into overtime. The Lakers ended up winning 113 to 110. T-Mac finished with 37 points. Kobe finished with 38 points. But at that moment, that game, when I watched that game, I was like, okay, this, I think this kind of settles the argument because at that point, if people remember, that was the argument of who would you take, Kobe or T-Mac, Kobe or T-Mac. And they were kind of pairing the two together. But that was the moment where I was like, okay, this dude is special and this dude is better than T-Mac. And this is, you know, after winning the three championships, you know, it was still a little like, uh, is he going to be the, is he the best two guard? Is he the premier player? Yeah, man. Um, For me personally, with my favorite players over time, and that's with, with, with any sport, um, I will often uh, lean towards players that are on my favorite teams. So just for example, Alonzo Ball, I watched him when he was uh, younger. He came to the Lakers. It made me appreciate him and what he what he had done before um, way more. Uh, Dez Bryant uh, played with the Cowboys, one of my favorite players. And because of that, it made me appreciate him a lot more. So, you know, I, I was I'm always willing to give more leeway for a player that has played on my team that I appreciate. Um, Kobe was no different. Obviously, uh, coming out the shoot, he had the, the Utah game. Um, but you know, we saw flashes before he missed those shots and it was his, I think his greatest asset was his relentlessness. Um, they were coming off the heels of the, um, of the Dame Lillard dislocated finger game against the Lakers. I think Allen Iverson went on Twitter and posted a a video, a 24 second video of when Kobe, um, dislocated his finger and Gary Vitti. He ran to the sideline. Gary Vitti basically popped it back in place, patted him on the head two times, and he just continued to walk. Like he went from out the game to the sideline with the trainer, literally back into the game within 24 seconds. Like they don't make him like that no more. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't get that type of athlete anymore. Um, and what what you what trips me out is that over the years, I think I want to say Ruben Patterson was probably the original that when they coined the frame, the Kobe stopper shameful right but he was the first kobe stopper and then from there they used to come up with the, it was a kobe stopper like it it became a thing so it was like bruce bowen um what's the guy from phoenix Raja bell there's so many but it was like after a while they had to start saying like hold on man over the years man kobe has done so many incredible things and it's that i can't even um i can't even put it all into words you know when the season that um of the 81 point game right oh six oh seven there was a game earlier that season where he had 62 against dallas 62 and three quarters and they asked Kobe, like, bruh, like you could have, you could have, you know, you could have broke a record, man. Like, why didn't you go back in the game? Like, and Phil Jackson, I believe Phil Jackson asked him, 
Like if he wants to go back into the game to try and break a record, try and break the 70 uh, and break the record of 70, I think was was like a Laker record uh, set by um, Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor has 70, I think scored 70. I think 71 might have been the record, right? So he asked Kobe if he wants to go in there and try and get the record. And Kobe was like, nah, you know, I'll get it another day. What? What player that's cooking? He has 62. Dallas has 61 after three. What player that's cooking is going to tell coach like, nah, I'll sit it out. Especially somebody at Kobe Bryant's stature, somebody that you know deep down Kobe Bryant is about that. He's about buckets. Then you're going to sit it down at the, at the three quarters and say like, you'll do it another day? And then the 81-point game happened possibly a couple weeks, maybe like two or three weeks later. He had the 81-point game against Toronto. And um, he didn't have a great first half. I think he might have had like something like, tw- like 27 or 28 at the half or something. But, bro. I remember it was um it was a weekend game. I can't remember if it was a Saturday or a Sunday. It was a Sunday. Okay, so it was a Sunday game, right? I can talk and rem- I remember what I was doing because I'm this is before Instagram, this is before people chopping up highlights as they happen. And at the time, um, I'm living with Pops. Pops don't, you know, Pops is against getting cable. He's like, if you can't get on the bunny ears. This is back then. Of course, obviously he's he's changed his stance since then, but um, so I'm like, fuck, and it was a home game. And I think the home games, you have to, you have to uh, watch it on cable. So if you don't have cable, you don't get the home games Um, the away games were played on channel nine uh, on local TV. So I would watch all the away games and, you know, and sometimes I go to the bar or something and watch the, uh, the home games. So somebody calls me, I think it might've been my brother Nietzsche calls me like, yo, bro, Kobe is cooking. And I'm like, what? So I'm like, fuck that. I run to the radio. I run to the radio. This is back when the, the Lakers were on uh on uh, local radio on AM 570, right? So I run to the radio. I'm like, fuck that. I got to hear this shit. I just turn on the radio. I sit down in my room listening on the radio while this nigga's cooking. And I'm in there like a child. I'm a grown man. This is, I'm probably in my mid-20s, right? Um, Kobe cooking. I'm sitting there like a schoolgirl. <laughs> like, woohoo! Like, I'm just, hey, like, you know, you getting on the radio. So the radio guy, I think John Ireland, He's hyping the shit up like, oh, Kobe with the turnaround. Mm-hmm. Oh, in between the legs, he took three defenders. And I'm sitting there like, oh, this nigga mm-hmm. is rolling. At that time, you could hear motherfuckers in the backs, MVP, MVP, MVP. So I was just like, yo, this shit's crazy. The fact that I couldn't even watch the game, but I had to live the moment. So I went and I started watching that, listening to that shit on the radio. That That's some, that's some 1930s, 1940s. We listening to this boxing match type yeah, shit. Exactly. That type shit. But bro, I had to, but, and I still, without even seeing it, without seeing the game, just strictly hearing the game, nigga was getting chills. Like that shit was giving me chills. And the, the, the crazy part is it wasn't when he went, when he said the shit earlier in the year where he scored 62 after three and he sat it down. They were ahead comfortably. He didn't need to come back in. In that 81-point game, they needed every fucking point. They were close. It was a, They were losing. Yeah, they were losing in the first half. He brings them back, and they needed every fucking point. And when they did, this motherfucker went out there and orchestrated an 80-point game. Like, that shit is... Like, ain't no, I don't know nobody else out here in the league right now. Uh, maybe Michael Jordan. Maybe Michael Jordan could have done it if he really... I don't think Mike had a um, he didn't have anything to kind of look at as a benchmark that he wanted to to, you know, to go past. Wilt was Wilt was a different era altogether. 
So people didn't really look at what Wilt did and his accomplishments in the same vein as they did Michael Jordan. So Michael wasn't really chasing anything. So I think, do I think Mike could have put up an 80 point game if he wanted to? Yes. Easy. But, but again, it was the, it was the relentlessness that Kobe had that, that made him different than a lot of these other players. I remember um, watching somebody was talking about who was it? Was it, I think it was like Paul Pierce, right? It was either Paul Pierce or uh, Gilbert Arenas. I can't remember. Yeah. This is a while ago. Remember when Kobe went on that 40 point streak where he had like maybe like 12 games where he scored 40? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in one of the games, he was um he was coming off a of back to back, right? He was coming off a of back to back and he had just scored 40, 40 something the night before. And I forgot what team he was playing, but Kobe took like 45 shots or like 40 something shots to get 40 points. And it might've been against Boston, bro. Somebody was saying like, do you know how hard it is to get up 40 something shots in a game? He says like, yo, if you get up 40 shots in a, in a, in an NBA game, your arms going to feel like they, <laughs> like they're falling off. And Kobe was doing it off a of back to back after scoring 40 points the night before. So it's just like, but who, who, but him is willing to do that. Listen, and Ubon. It was it was nine games of forty points, and it was two games where he did it back to back. Hey man, um, so you said some a minute ago, Kevin, uh, mm-hmm. were you talking about Byron Scott mm-hmm. when Kobe shot the air balls? Byron Scott was his teammate. So who was his coach in his final season when he retired in 2015? 2015, 2016 yeah. season. Byron Scott. Byron Scott. <laughs> yeah. So um, that makes me think of like the eras in basketball and it's kind of like when you think about Kobe um he was in like that that sweet spot almost where it's like he got a part of that tough era with the Jordans and you know when Pippen was still playing Jordan and Pippen are still playing uh the Pistons you know the hard the, the bad boys they were already kind of you know they were done you got dominant he got dominant centers uh, well guard play i'm saying yeah you still had tough guard play you still had to you know you still had to see yeah. the cats who came in with you you know what i'm saying the allen iversons the mcgrady's uh you know it's he is like the guy that people look at he's the jordan for the people who came Millennium. after him like the young players who were playing now kobe yeah kobe is the jordan for that era but then you have him who he also mm-hmm. competed against you know jordan and the folks of that era so like and then ubang mentioned like you know they just don't make them like that anymore nobody is ever going to be able to get that experience mm-hmm. anymore it doesn't exist you know what i'm saying you cannot recreate that that shit is over with so he he even had a unique experience in that regard if you just focus on that part cuz now if you take the guards like a Kobe and a McGrady and a and a uh Michael Jordan any of the scoring guards back then you could even take Drexler put him in this time where the game is just like hey man <laughs> we can barely touch somebody we ain't really playing yeah we ain't really playing defense you know the game has changed like could could Kobe go for a hundred? <laughs> Probably. He went for eighty one. Absolutely. But yeah, I just wanted to point that out, man. Like it's you'll never get that type of uh, 
play, competitiveness, atmosphere, none of that shit. The game has changed. Those days are over. You know what I'm saying? And he was he was the he was the definition of when uh, basketball coaches and um, basketball analysts ask players to, okay, you had a great season this summer during the off season. Go add something new to your game every summer without fit every fucking summer. Kobe added something to his game. It was, you know, working with Akeem Olajuwon um, on, you know, his post moves one summer. Uh, I remember uh, towards uh, the tail end of his career, he added Dirk Nowitzki's one-legged jumper to his repertoire. With Kobe, it was like, I'll take something from anybody. You know what I mean? I'll take Kareem Skyhook, um, you know what I'm saying, that, that he used. I remember, you know, he he worked on – he had injured his right hand um, – and he couldn't use it, so he worked on doing everything with his left hand. He came back from that injury, and he would have games where – I think it was one game that he shot exclusively with the left hand. Hey, man, on, on that note, uh, outside of this little sidebar, shout out to Kevin Bradley, uh, uh, Crenshaw alum. Uh, remember, remember, he did that. Bean did that with the with the left hand. When he broke his, he uh, broke his right hand. He broke his right hand and played with his left the whole – up until throughout the whole tryouts and up into the season and stuff. So, man, like, and just just being able to do that brings a whole different dynamic to your game, man. And I, I agree with you, Uban, like that. That's something that uh, Kobe, cats like Jordan and all those cats, like they tried to add some new shit to the game. And he was he was just he was different. You know, young young NBA guys talked about Kobe's um the six, six, six workout, you know, where he's getting up at six o'clock in the morning, he's getting a workout in going to get breakfast, coming right back to the gym. I think it was like two hours, take a break, two hours, take a break, come back and do another two hours. So a total of six hours getting up at six o'clock in the morning. And I think it was, um, Karam Butler who said that, you know, he got up, he got to the gym at like six fifteen, six twenty. Kobe was already in there. He had already been sweating. It's like six fifteen in the morning. So they do a two hour workout and um, he's like, all right, all right, big homie. Like, you know what? Good shit. He was like, nah, man, like that's just the first part of the workout. This nigga said, hey, <laughs> I thought it was over. Like we didn't worked out. We didn't got <laughs> in. And Kobe like, nah, we about to go eat real quick and then come back in and get another two hours in, take another break and then come back in and get another two hours in. These young dudes in, in this today's era, they don't have that mentality. If you think about it, how many dudes back then during Kobe's era had that mentality? Right. Let let me ask y'all something, man. Before this year, okay, the Lakers were on a playoff drought. They had only missed the playoffs five times before, I think, the 20, 2013. Was that the, I think that might have been the last time they were in the playoffs, but they got swept by the Spurs. Um, after that, the six consecutive years they had missed the playoffs. And Prior to that year when they got swept by the Spurs, they had only missed five times before. Okay. So you had the last big, huge mm -hmm. superstar in LA to actually carry them over the top was Kobe Bryant. Right. After Kobe, you haven't reached the mountaintop. Now it's yet to be seen if the, if it'll happen this year, there's a good chance that they may do it this year. But my question goes beyond this year. It's hard to say, 
who will be the next Kobe because I think we're all in, in agreement that there won't be another Kobe. Just like you say, there won't be another Jordan. So my question then is, who is the next Laker superstar to have longevity with the team? It, it's hard to say who it will be, but how long do you think it will take for there to be another superstar to fit in that space that does it for the Lakers for years to come? Five years. I'm going with five years after LeBron's contract is over and the LeBron era is done. Um, I don't see Anthony Davis. AD is definitely not a superstar. He's showing that right now. And I wanted to put that on LeBron and say it was a LeBron thing, but just watching the Lakers over the last three games in the um in this this postseason bubble, LeBron is showing you that even though he's the older guy, when they take LeBron out the game, shit falls apart. AD cannot handle the attention that a, a superstar gets. He can't. He crumbles under that under that pressure. It's almost like he needs LeBron to be out there to be a security blanket. So if he's not the guy, even if we keep him and he does great things for us, um, he's not the next great player. I, I don't I don't see it. And then the, the way that the the way that the kids are coming up now, it's different now, man. I don't I don't even know if they're being groomed to be superstars. It's uh they're they're being groomed to be one on one players, you know. Um, so you, you I don't I don't know if we'll see a true a true superstar in the league for a while. You know, Luca is different because Luca is, you know, he was playing professional ball at a young age. So him at 2021, he looks like the real deal to me. But it goes back to what one of the uh, the things that Kobe used to really talk out, speak out against. And he spoke out against AAU basketball in the United States and how it didn't groom kids to be um, well-rounded, good players that it just, you know, just it taught individuality. It taught, you know, just beating your man one on one and just breaking just breaking the defense down and just getting your buckets. Today's NBA. Correct. Correct. So I don't know if I see a star and it's definitely not AD. LeBron is on the backside of his career. But in our best game, when we needed, you know, like game three against Portland, LeBron had to do so much. I, I just it's not AD. Yeah, I'm gonna say five years. Uh, we, we You got to move past the LeBron era because LeBron is going to garner, you know, just way too much attention. All right. Well, OK, so it sounds like the consensus is we're looking at, the you know, about five years at least. Man, I like the fact that um, every year moving forward, we'll have two consecutive days to celebrate Kobe. That's crazy that his birthday is 823 and his day, his national day is 824. Like Mamba Day is 824, all right? A day after his birthday. So my grandmother, huge Laker fan, she was also born on August 23rd. So... You know that that is it, it, you know a special thing, man. She had a she had a special love for Kobe. When he got on her nerves, she would call him Toby. So, <laughs> so yeah, man. Uh, want to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. I want to say rest in peace to my grandma. Um, I know y'all laughing it up right now, rejoicing on some of those shots that Kobe took and made. And I know you getting on him about the ones that he missed. So and yeah. probably shaking her head at some of the shit you saying on here. <laughs> <laughs>up y'all don't forget to follow us on ig twitter and facebook at two peas and a bong 
That is the number two, W-O-P-E-E-Z-A-N-D-A-B-O-N-G. Two P's in a bomb. That's our handle on IG, Twitter, and Facebook, y'all. Thanks for rocking with us. We'll catch y'all on the next one.